Hello and welcome to Plot Trists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Snowed In with a Scoundrel by Kat Sterling. This was just published in 2023 and full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary copy of the book for this review. And this is a Christmas novella. Christmas novella bonanza continues with Snowed In with the Scoundrel, as you could have probably guessed from the title. Uh, So the book jacket. She craves solitude. When a disastrous holiday party leaves Imogen Radford publicly jilted, she hightails it to her family's remote cabin in the Cascade Mountains. But her desire to sulk alone with her photography equipment for Christmas is challenged by the arrival of a captivating, half-naked scoundrel. A scoundrel who just so happens to be her former childhood best friend. He's on the run. Tommy Solberg prides himself on three things. Tidiness, a robust knowledge of literature, and a knack for book burglary. But when his latest caper lands him in peril of frostbite, he seeks refuge in an isolated cabin. The sole occupant is the one girl, now a vivacious, charming woman, who has the power to melt the ice around his heart. The storm has other ideas. As snowstorms rage outside the cozy cabin, Tommy and Imogen find themselves swept up in a whirlwind of desire. But what happens when the weather clears? How will they find the courage to pursue their love beyond their wintry wonderland? I'm okay with this jacket. I think the I'm glad it addresses sort of the elephant in the room, which is if you can't handle the sheer coincidence of him stumbling into this cabin that she just so happens to be alone at that even though they were best friends and he'd never been to before, like you could eye roll your way through this whole thing. I didn't mind that. Oh, I did not mind it at all. Not one tiny little bit. It was fine. Like, this is the coincidence to end all coincidences, and I did not care. I don't care. As usual, for any novella, Christmas or not, we generated a random number out of 25, and then we wrote our own summaries based on that number. And for this episode, the number we generated was nine. I am going to start because I think Lane's is fucking hilarious, and mine is like, fine. Here's my nine-word summary. Tommy ghosted Imogen years earlier. Now her cabin's haunted. By him. By him. Because he ghosted her. Because he ghosted her. I get it. (laughs) What's yours, Lane? Of all the sex cabins in all the world. (laughs) Picture me with a martini and a long stem cigarette and Elsa (laughs) Lund's hat. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, we did both get to the the heart of the book, which is that they're childhood best friends who haven't seen each other forever, and they both had crushes on each other, and now they're isolated in this cabin together. Yeah. Which was kind of a, like, let's be honest, that w- this is an amazing setup for a book. Like, I loved it. I'm sorry. I fucking loved it. I really loved how unapologetically contrived. Yeah. Exactly. Was not only did he find the sex cabin, the sex cabin is booby trapped, and there's three back-to-back snowstorms that make it impossible for him to leave. And oh, she was there, you know, 
being sad about professional and personal circumstances. So she just so happened to bring all of her photography equipment. Like all of it was chef's kiss. Seriously, like loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Great. Uh, so some of the other tropes in this book, like we already said, they're childhood friends. Um, they They both were pining for each other back then. And then he was driven away by her father. So he, he was the cook's son. And sh- so it's like an upstairs downstairs relationship. But I don't well, think the jacket states the Cascade Mountains, they're American. Yes, I was going to so say, I don't think we've we've specifically talked about the setting yet. So there she's a it's part of like the Seattle social scene. And we're in the early 1900s here. Yeah, so just to be clear, I feel like upstairs, downstairs implies, like, aristocrats and peerage, and she's just wealthy. She's just wealthy, and he's just the cook's son. Right. So, there you go. So, he ends up stumbling upon this sex cabin in the middle of committing his final crime, Mm -hmm. which, of course, has all been part of of a master plan for extremely altruistic reasons. <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Loved it. Yeah. No issues. Honestly, no notes. Loved it. Yeah. And this is a sex cabin. It's the Snowden version, as we said. They can't get and out. There's no She was part of her sojourn into the woods by herself is that she was just jilted very publicly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less society in this book than a lot of the full-length novels we read where that would be a major plot point but she does have some apprehension about rejoining the seattle social scene after her fiance dumped her for liking her hobbies too much and being risque yeah that's it i mean we may come across other tropes as we talk about the book um, this is a novella. It's short. It's fun. If you're interested in reading it, I recommend it. I say all this now because we're probably going to spoil a lot of what happens in it because it's real short. Yeah. And there is a little bit of plot. I, I, more than I think there is usual in a Christmas novella that is just about a sex cabin. So there is some stuff you're supposed to be like unsure about. So I would say this is going to be a spoilers abound. Tread carefully. Yeah, so, you know, just just keep that in mind. If you're planning on reading the book and you would like to avoid spoilers, you may want to wait until after you read it to listen to the episode. Mm-hmm. All right. So, as the book jacket says, um, he, he, okay, this it doesn't say it in the book jacket, but what happens is he is um, chased out of the inn where he was staying or the boarding house where he was staying. Because he was trying, uh, he was seen as a marital prize. Right. So when he travels to commit his crimes, he attempts to fit in with the high class people he's stealing from. And so as such, he looked like a wealthy man traveling alone without a wedding ring. And the proprietor's daughter at this in decided that he'd make an easy mark to entrap. Yes. Uh, but he was not into it, so he ran away as quickly as he could. 
in his union suit, which I'm going to say, on the one hand, I really enjoy American historicals for the most part. On the other hand, when they talk about union suits, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's not supposed to be a sexy moment. No, it's not. But still. I don't know, Lane. Like there, it talked about the butt flap flapping in the wind. I get it, but you were the one who told me that I was being too harsh on pajamas in a so. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> That's true. I did tell you that, didn't I? So, so he's escaping from this boarding, these nefarious boarding house people who are trying to entrap him into marriage. And he is out in the snow, like wearing his union suit, his boots, and clutching this precious book to his chest while it's snowing. And he thinks he's going to die from exposure. And then he sees this cabin. No, first he falls in a pit. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) That's true. That's a good point. Can't leave that out. He falls in a pit. Somehow manages not to go all the way in. And not to drop the precious cargo. Right. And he makes it to this cabin, which appears like a miracle in the distance. And he's like, oh, thank God. I'm not going to die. And it's a Goldilocks and the Three Bears situation, except there's only one option in that he knocks and there's no one home. Yep. And he's like, oh, my God, it's a perfect fire. It's a perfect bed. I'm like, how did I get this lucky? Strips naked, climbs into bed and passes out. Yeah. But also, Lane... You have to understand, all the listeners and Lane, this cabin is like a little whimsical Christmas cabin in the yes. middle of nowhere. There's a giant like, tree yep. lit up inside. There's decor. Yep, yep. There's like fairy snowflakes dripping from the ceiling. Like it's, this is like the most twee Christmas log cabin you could ever imagine. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. No, uh, I I don't think I'm capable of saying that in a bad way. Right, exactly. So it was amazing. So he falls asleep, and then what should happen, Lane? Well, she returns. Right. And she finds a strange man in her bed. Yep. And she's like, fuck this. I am going through hell. I am not about to be taken advantage of. I'm going to go in guns a-blazing. Literally. She gets a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) And she doesn't mean to shoot it, but she actually gets scared and she shoots the ceiling and wakes him up. (laughs) And immediately after the screams and the, you know, coming back upright are finished, they recognize one another. And they're like, oh, my God. It's you. And they parted on, like, tough terms because after he left because her father forced him to, she made several attempts to stay in touch, including, like, going to visit him. And he ignored her or, you know, turned her away, as it turns out, for her own good. And so there's a really – she's – she hates him for the way he treated her and like how easily in her perception he was able to let go of their friendship. And he views her as like the endless torment of the one who got away. Oh yeah. I mean, there that, this is the thing. This is the, I really like this trope, right? Where they Mm -hmm. have been kind of pining for each other for years, but really thought the other one was, was like lost to them, you know? Yes. For different reasons. Like she thought that he ghosted her 
and he's just like, oh, she's she's just too good for me, right? Right. And he did like he did go to see her one time, but she was at college and she was like hanging out with friends, and he was like, oh, she doesn't need me. Like she's better if she doesn't have me hanging around with her, you know? Right. So there's a decade essentially of history and then some in between time of hurt feelings. Plus, you know, he's on the run for a crime he's trying not to get caught for. So them being together is dangerous in that he possesses this contraband. The roads are also getting bad because it's blizzard season over Christmas. Um, And she's a young unmarried lady whose family had a hard enough time being convinced to let her do this on her own. Obviously, if anybody catches that he's with her, they'll be ruined. So um, there's a lot of awkwardness and a lot of layers to the awkwardness that needs to unfold very quickly because they are only given about 100 pages to get their shit together. Right. So, so yeah. So they get stuck in this cabin together. And it's snowing and they can't get out. And I mean, that's where the book starts. Let's be honest. Right. And so, like I said, she has a photography equipment. So some of the ways that they start getting closer, you know, revealing honesty about their past, about what he's currently doing, about what happened with her art show and with her fiance. And then there's some bargaining. Um, he She taught him to read. Mm-hmm. And there was always a joke that, he was going to get three wishes from her and he starts kind of calling them in and she asks him to pose for her in various circumstances. Um, and of course, some of those photographs are quite naughty. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they start fucking. Yeah. And then they work out their feelings and then they get together and they live happily ever after at the end. Yeah. It's really sweet. I mean, honestly, it's, it's actually interesting that you say there's a lot of plot because there's not really a ton of plot in the book. Most It's of, not that there's a lot of plot. I think there's just a little bit of twist. Yes. Almost all of the the conflict and plot stuff happens off off the page, right? So like we said at the right. beginning, we kind of flash back to them being childhood friends and how they broke up, right? Right. And then at the end of the story, there's a little bit of plot, but it all happens off page as well. So <sighs> The focus of this novella is really them at the sex cabin getting to know each other again. Right. I think the thing that I'm like desperate to spoil and the reason I say there is some plot we're going to have to spoil is once they resolve their interpersonal hurt feelings, the big conflict is that he is a criminal Mm -hmm. who is currently engaged in book thievery and his goal is with this final book heist he will finally be able to finance his um, reading rooms in underprivileged parts of Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Love it. And seriously, love it. I really expected that to resolve with some event, whether it was him getting caught and having to own up to his crimes, whether it was, her working with him to finish off this one last heist, whether it was like the Christmas miracle of forgiveness when you find out she's fucking loaded and he doesn't need to steal from anyone. Right. Right. I mean, that I, you know, they go make amends together. It's sort of this, like uh, it, it, it's, I feel like it didn't need to exist as the setup because the resolution wasn't part of the resolution of their relationship. 
Right. Well, and I think the thing is, too, you identified it as the the one last trap, one last job, trope, right. right? Like the one last crime. This is it. And then we're out. And the I feel like the accepted resolution of that is either you, you don't get away with it. Right. Because you never right. get away with one last job. Or you have to see the whole heist happen. Well, you right. And part of the whole heist is you know, whoever the romantic person is ends up being the unlikely ally that's necessary to finish the job. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think, I think maybe what you're feeling here is that there was the setup for the one last job trope, but not the payoff. Yes. Right. Uh, and I mean, I think you're, I don't think you're wrong. Um, but uh, for me, I, I think it is interesting structurally. And you know that I love that. Mm-hmm. In that it, the focus of this story is it all is at this cabin. Everything right. is at the cabin except for the epilogue. And so any action that would have taken place not at the cabin is not shown. And I think I'm okay with that. I didn't necessarily need it to be on the page even. Right. Like if the epilogue, its resolved had been this is how she was involved or this is how they made amends or this is, you know, he got a slap on the wrist and this is their new life together. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just not, it's, it just goes right as he planned and she is secondary to it. Yeah. I mean, she's not even secondary. She's not a part of it. Right. She, she's just like, okay, sounds good. See you after your final job. Like, love you. Yeah. It was extremely superfluous to their relationship. But um, let's talk about what happens at the cabin. My to be to be completely honest, that part didn't bother me that much. Right. Like it didn't it didn't bug me, I think, because I was really focused on the cabin. The only thing that I didn't love because I, I really, really enjoyed this. this yeah, this was really fun. I really liked it. The only thing I didn't love were there were a couple of places in the book where there were some time jumps. Mm hmm. I'm not talking about flashing back or like talking about their relationship because I think Kat Sterling did that really well, actually. A lot of times mm-hmm. I get annoyed if there are like dual timelines or, you know, and she didn't really have time to do that here. And I thought it worked fine with them just discussing what had happened in the past. I thought that right. was fine. But there were some moments here where like they come into the cabin, they discover the other one is there, they discover that they're snowed in. And she's like, well, I'm just going to ignore you until you can leave because you, I'm angry at you and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the next line is two days later. She right, and they're only in this cabin for less than a week. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I mean, first of all, I just don't relate to a character. I cannot. I am not a person who can give someone a silent treatment for more than, like, maybe two hours. Yeah, and I feel like for both of us, we conceive of the silent treatment more as I need some time to cool off so I don't say something I'll regret. Yes. Not a petty, I'm doing this to prove a point. Fuck you. It may also be Lane. And I mean, maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but you and I both like to talk. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Weird. It's bizarre, I know. But But giving the choice between talking about my feelings or not talking about my feelings, I pick talking about my feelings every time. Every time. And I think that's the thing, too, is like, 
I, I it didn't feel to me like Imogen was a person who would give someone the silent treatment for for two days like really be able to do two days because like two days we're talking about eating you know well, and I think it, it wasn't clear to me if it was a true silent treatment or just like uh we only had the bare minimum necessary conversation but regardless you've got the love of your life who you thought was lost to you back in your life yes trapped in a sex cabin at Christmas yes like, if you fail to seize that opportunity, that's on you. Yeah. Well, and on both of their parts. I, I, yeah. I was just blaming Imogen for this. But, you know, Tommy really, I, I realized that she said, I'm not going to talk to you. But he could have been like, like. Yeah, hey, but I, mean, I think it's more consistent with his character to believe he could, well, like, he's avoid the, he's his emotions for goes, that long. Exactly. Because he's the one who ghosted her. Right. And she's the one who was writing him letters for several years beyond the, you know, the time that he stopped talking back. Like, don't get me wrong. He's also extremely stupid for avoiding her for two days. But I think it's in character that he would do that. I don't think it's in character for her to avoid him for two days. And I know this is, seems very petty to me, but it did kind of take me out of the narrative because I was like, oh, but they're they're only stuck in the cabin together for this finite amount of time. Uh, it felt to me like it should have moved it should have moved along more that 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 time that was skipped over by saying two days later fair would have been used as you know them slowly feeling more comfortable with each other you know like her saying it had been two hours and she said you know i need you to do this chop some wood or whatever you know what i mean yeah i mean it didn't bother me the way it bothered you but i agree with you that it it's not super believable, but eh, whatever, Christmas novella. Yeah, I mean there was that, but then it happened again a couple of couple of scenes into the book. So now mm-hmm. they've started a sexual relationship, and there were again another two days that were skipped over, and these were and an evening started. where the activities were listed but not shown. Correct. Which I find annoying. Yes. Those are, that's what I'm saying by like time skips. I mm-hmm. I don't I'm not saying I need every single minute of every day, but and I this maybe this is just a pet peeve of mine that I'm only now learning about, right? Because I'm you know discovering new pet peeves about myself every day through this podcast. <laughs> this is called personal growth. Personal growth. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't I think I just don't love it in a book where they go two days later, five days later three hours later unless like, it's like do that you just need to just start a new scene well, right and I'm okay with it if it's the beginning of a chapter and it's like you know the heroines in Scotland and the heroes in England and he's like as he embarked for Scotland to go chase after her and then the next scene is he arrives in Scotland I don't need the seven days of him being sat alone on the boat no 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 that's that's def that's correct I don't need that but but this this is a pet peeve of mine in a romance where like let's say there's a marriage of convenience and like they get married and then the next scene is like three weeks later they still hadn't consummated the marriage or whatever and I'm like no right. like I need to see them talking or having dinner or something like you can show unless the they're not in proximity to have those conversations I want it on the page yeah yeah exactly um, but other than that like super cute one of the I, mean, I genuinely loved reading this I think the reason my pet peeve stood out to me is because it was something I realized in the epilogue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Like, I really enjoyed reading the whole thing. I had no complaints the whole time I was reading it. And then the epilogue happened. And I was like, wait, that's the resolution of the heist? I know. I know. The book was over. And I was like, oh, that just never happened? Cool. Yeah. One of the things I did really, really like about this book was how they were together reading, but separate. I yes. really liked it. Like, there were a few scenes where they would each pick out a book that they were going to read. And then they would just, like snuggle up together in front of the fire and they had these glasses of whiskey and they just drank their whiskey and read their books and it was like just showed their compatibility right right which I thought was really sweet and really nice it's not something I would do with my husband right like that that's not the way that we're compatible but it's an example of a way that you can be compatible with someone uh and again it was showing not telling right right I really liked that. It was really effective in such a short book Mm -hmm. as a way to communicate a lot without a lot of page time. Yep. Yep. Really well done, I thought. Yep. Anything else you want to talk about before we move on to content warnings? No. All right. Content warnings. Are there any? Um, I mean, this is a historical romance novel where women were property, and so her fiancé treats her like property. Yes, but again, like, all in flashback. Right, like, and nothing, like, I would stand out overall, just, like, the sexism of the period. Yeah, like, that's it. Nothing on the page happens. I, okay, I will say I didn't love that they were trying, the the boarding house people were trying to entrap him into marriage. Right. In fact, I was a little confused about that because we're not talking about, like, a British aristocracy thing, you know what I mean? Right. Where I feel like in the early 1900s, Seattle, you wouldn't really try to entrap someone that way. I mean, it it wasn't meant to be something you thought hard about. You know nothing about the proprietor's family or their motivations. It was just a funny thing that led him into the woods at night. Right. I guess I just didn't love the depiction of these female characters who weren't even on the page, really, as being like mercenary. Right. No fair. It's just kind of like this casual sexism. Right. But also, like, I'm really grasping at straws here. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, I, I'm not, like, disagreeing with you. I'm just, I'd be lying if I said I cared when I was reading it. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't love it as I was reading it, but I also wasn't like, oh, I'm going to throw this book down. Yeah, it didn't even register for me. You're uh, woker than I am, I guess. I'm woke. no, I'm not woker than you. <laughs> I just... I'm just very sensitive to entrapping with men. Entrapment. <laughs> okay. Sexiness Lane, this book. I was really pleased. Mm-hmm. Me too. So there is a lot of like slowly warming back up to each other. I've said before, I get frustrated when like a heroine is having her like first kiss and then suddenly they're having sex five seconds later. Like, again, yep. this was a much slower graduation. We do have the trope of like, I guess I'm not messing up much because my fiance kissed like a fish and he was like, how dare I will not kiss like a fish. You're right. <laughs> um, but like, get yeah, all the little vignettes were very sexy. Yup. And they had this natural sexy progression, which mm-hmm. I think is what you're implying too, right? Right. Like it wasn't like kiss, now they're in bed together. It was right. like kiss, let's make out, 
let me give you a massage in your bath, you know, little things like that. Right. And one of the things I've been liking, I think I have actually called it out, not called it out, but like praised it in other books as well, mm-hmm. is that especially in a novella, even if it's a sexy novella, but especially in a novella, I feel like sometimes authors feel like, okay, well, we we have to get to the main event. We have to get to the penetrative sex, right? Right. And in a lot of these uh, newsletter novellas or or other novellas from indie authors that I'm reading right now, they don't progress to that. Like this book does not have a penetrative sex scene, but you don't feel like you're missing out on any of the sexiness. No. And like, I think it's interesting. And it makes me want to like contextualize what penetrative sex meant at like various points in romance history and mm-hmm. like the interpretations of history. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think from what you've told me about like 80s and 90s romance, there was a lot of like ruination. Mm-hmm. And even though hypothetically ruination could have just occurred from being alone together, there was this degree of like, you've got to show that like ruined was earned. Right. Which is like, Kind of a fucked up concept that I don't think matches, like, current notions either. Right. But I think this is definitely, and then you talked about women's agency and, like, women choosing sex and sex positivity in, like, the late 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I think it's an interesting potential, like, commentary on the modern day. Yeah. That you're seeing these, like, really explicit scenes that don't involve penetrative sex but there's nothing like there's no oh he didn't actually have sex with her therefore he's gonna say it doesn't count and leave her yeah yeah nothing like that and I I think it's also just this acknowledgement that not all sex has to involve a penis right right like it's almost like queer friendly without being queer I mean, a little bit. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to go that far, but I, I think that that dis, that um, discourse has kind of penetrated the the romance, yeah. <laughs> the, the romance genre in a little bit in a, in some ways, right? Right. Because I mean, we were. I was talking with some other people about purity culture recently, but in some cultures like that really embraced purity culture in the United States they would do like everything but penetrative sex because that's not sex right right even though and I think acknowledging that well actually it is sex even if it doesn't involve a penis and a vagina right like to a degree sex does not count or not count based on whether or not it could create a baby right yes yep exactly but anyway, this is very sexy. <laughs> no, like we that was a digression that this book almost didn't deserve because I do just want to fawn over like how hot I found it. So hot. There's even like a little bit of light spanking, which normally is not my thing, but it worked for Tommy and Imogen. And since it worked for them, it worked for me in this book. Well, it was also like a fun he got overwhelmed moment, which I am always into. Uh-huh. Not always into like the way it manifests, but the concept works for me. So I kind of forgive or at the very least look past a lot of things that might happen on the page in those moments because I like the driving force behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked it too. Yeah, it was fun. It was real fun. It was real fun. It was sexy. I liked it. And I, I think what this book does really well is it makes their sexual relationship fun. Yes. In a way 
because they're friends, because they're getting to know each other away from everything, like the snowed in part really worked for me here. I'm never going to hate on forced proximity. Nope. <laughs> Just like as part of my DNA. But this was good forced proximity. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. So anyway, in some quite enjoyed this book. Highly recommend if you are looking for a Christmas novella to hit the spot. This one definitely does. Lane, what is your candy cane rating? Okay, this is like a struggle bus for me, Meg. I know. That's what I was like really wondering about this. Because it's explicitly Christmas time and the setting, like the cabin itself, is really Christmassy. And there's a couple of references to I'm really glad I spent Christmas Day with you instead of alone. Mm-hmm. So it's not not Christmas, but there aren't any Christmas traditions. There's no caroling or sleigh rides or decking the halls or Christmas carols or like moral of the spirit of Christmas, Mm -hmm. which is what I think like giving back the stolen books could have been. Right. And so I think ultimately I'm going to give it a three. I want to give it more than a 2.5. It's better than like neutral. Yeah. Um, there's definitely like it deserves to be called a Christmas novella. Yeah. But this was not a novella I read and it put me in the spirit of Christmas, if that makes sense. It does. I mean, it's it's actually really interesting to me hearing your your candy cane ratings because I'm realizing that a lot of it depends on like the Christmas community. Yes. And they're like they're snowed in, like they can't go shopping and they can't whatever I think it might have gone up to maybe like a three and a half on the candy cane scale if they had been like oh it's Christmas let's do something special you know what I mean right but there it, there wasn't you're right community is a big part of Christmas mm-hmm. which is and like I, I think a variety of activities and like yes. the community buying into the hokiness right and yeah, this one just didn't have any of that. So on the one hand, like it was definitely like sexy Christmas cabin vibes. Oh yeah. And I want to praise that, but this is not a book that is like sexy Santa. This is a sexy, like this is it almost steers close to winter more than Christmas. Yeah. If not for the setting. Yep. 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 But, but all that aside, we really liked it. We did. It was really fun, and we highly recommend it. There you go.